five, four, three, two, one. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. We got Charlotte Astry in the lodge today. What's Hi, up? everybody. What's up, Charlotte? Not much, you know, just living life. So, Charlotte, you are an aspiring artist, game streamer. Ahem, you were the one who actually told me to tell people I am an artist. Well, you not most certainly. an cer- aspiring artist. Well, very good. Maybe I was just testing you. Yeah. Well, if I was, then you most certainly passed. <laughs> All right. So, why don't you unwrap that a little bit? What kind of art are you currently doing, and what kind of art do you enjoy the most? So currently for my senior thesis project at school, I'm making some merchandise and uh, designs out of my illustrations. So a lot of cartoons and stuff like that. Very cool. Is there anywhere where people can purchase your art? Uh, yeah, I'm on Redbubble. So if you type in Charlotte Astry, A-S-T-R-E, all one word, you can buy my stuff through there. I also do sell prints, so you can DM me on Instagram, which is char underscore latte 96. Okay, now with that underway, I'd like to ask you, where did your career in art start? And I'm, I'm not talking about like professionally, I'm talking about personally. Like as a kid, what was the first moment you felt yourself connecting with a type of art and what kind of art was it? Um. Well, I remember my first memory drawing is me and my brother and my brother was showing me like how to just draw like, hey, you do this and you draw, you make this circle here, you make an L here and look, you have a smiley face. So that's like the earliest thing I remember. But really watching Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon as a kid, that's really what got me into it. That's so interesting to me because my previous guest, Matt Petrovich, he actually said the the first work of art he can recall inspiring him was actually the Dark Magician card really? in Yu-Gi-Oh! He said he loved the art so much, it kind of captivated him and he wanted to draw it. There's something about that art style, it's just so captivating, especially when you're in a kid and you're just entering that world. Because Yu-Gi-Oh!'s creepy when you think about it. Oh yeah, when you get down to the brass tacks... It's definitely a darker show than, say, Pokemon Kanto is. Yeah, if you watch the subbed version of that, oh my god. Like, Well, I mean, I know there were some differences between the sub and the dub, and for those listening, uh, sub is a subtitle, so it's like when a Japanese show comes to America, it gets subbed and dubbed. In the sub, you get the subtitles. In the dub, you have American voices. Now, there were a few differences between the sub and dub in Yu-Gi-Oh!, and one of them was, you know how frequently they visited the Shadow Realm, right? Oh, yeah. See... In the sub, if you lost a duel in the Shadow Realm, you were dead. Yeah, exactly. And they left that out of the uh, the Western dub version. And they left so much more than that out. Well, I know one of the things is in the Japanese version, Tristan is actually, he's like the muscle of the group. Mm-hmm. But in the English version, he's the most useless piece of shit. Yeah. He, he accomplishes absolutely nothing. My voice gives me super strength. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool that actually it was Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon that actually connected with you first. Um, who's the first artist you recall yourself connecting with? Um, definitely Masashi Kishimoto. And for those of you who don't know, that's the creator of Naruto, which is another anime manga. What is, uh, what's the artist's name again? Uh, Masashi Kishimoto. Masashi Kishimoto. And how old were you when you were first exposed to his work? And was it through the manga or the anime? I was like, I think nine and it was through the anime. That's pretty cool. I would stay up late and just like get itching to watch Naruto and like I couldn't show my parents because they'd be, they would think it's too violent. So I mean, you were nine and parents can be a little overprotective. Yeah. But would you, did you find yourself when you first started watching Naruto, did you start 
wanting to draw in that style? Or yeah. had you oh, already, definitely. Or had you already been previously drawing in that certain type of style and you felt that uh, the Naruto art style had nailed it? So, yeah, I definitely think at first I started out in a more general anime manga sense. Like, I saw Pokemon and I was like, okay, what does the guy who draw, draws Pokemon do that I'm not doing? And, like, I would do the same for other anime. But when I first watched Naruto, it was the t- first time I was like, like you said, I was really like, this guy nailed it. Like, this is what I like. Well, what was it about the Naruto art that you preferred to say the more conventional Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon art? As Not a kid? so much as Yu-Gi-Oh. I, well, compared to Yu-Gi-Oh, it's a little bit more realistic. Like, the proportions of the characters are a bit more realistic, and I really liked that. And I just liked kind of the maturity of the style in comparison to Pokemon. There's just a maturity about the style that makes it more geared towards older people rather than younger people. Okay, so it's a little bit more adult. Yeah, uh, exactly. Pokemon is. Well, that's going to be a good segue. Because I know you and I actually pre-ordered and got Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee on opening day. Yes, we did. And uh, both of us have played it. I know you have completed it. At least you've completed the story. You mm-hmm. Have you caught all 152 yet? I have yet? not, unfortunately. Okay, because I know that's on my to-do list. Oh, same. Um, so I know, I remember when you were in Italy this summer and when that trailer dropped, you gave me a call and you and I, we talked about it. We talked about the things <laughs> we were hyped about. We talked about the things that concerned us. Now that you've played through the game a decent chunk enough, how would you say Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu lived up? Honestly, it's better than I expected it to be. I was I was definitely worried. I watch a lot of Pokemon YouTubers more than I'd like to admit, honestly. But <laughs> um, I watch a lot of them, and a lot of them were kind of negative about the game for the most part, saying, you know, with the Pokemon Go catching mechanic being added and traditional battles being taken out. And that got me worried, too. And I was worried even without, you know, the, that influence. Because... I like Pokemon Go, but I don't play it anymore. Like, no one does. Although that's kind of a lie. I do play it once in a while. But. Well, I know there, there's a cult following out there that still plays the game, but for the most part, it's really... It's Did I ever tell out. you about when I was at school and I just see, like, this pack of, like, the nerdiest kids I ever could have imagined walking and they were like, guys, we have a steel type over here. Oh, my God. And, like, just a flock of them were going like birds. Wait, was that, is this recently or is this back during the summer Pokemon Go was hot? Uh, no, this is recent. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's wild. Dedicated I mean, fans. Like, I was going to say, because, like, realistically, we were all kind of like that that summer. Oh, my you God, know, we, we were. We were all zipping around like crazy. But, you know, it's good to know there's still some people out there who are, you know, nerd or not, oh, getting, yeah. a, getting a good kick out of the game. Yeah, no, it's good exercise. It's fun, you know. Like, so how did you feel about Let's Go taking away the wild battles? Because I know that was a concern for me going in, but how did you feel about them getting rid of the wild battles? So I'm going to probably get so much hate for this. I really didn't mind it. Because I find I've found that wild battles can just get so tedious after a while for me, especially because, like, there's not really like a big boss fight or anything like the turn base gets old after a while here was my take because i i i'm sort of agreeing with you actually Mm -hmm. what i really like about the new catching mechanic is that when you're in the tall grass you can see who you're yeah i was gonna say yeah you could see the pokemon you're about to encounter as opposed to before where it's like well you got to dance in the tall grass and pray the one you're looking for bumps into you yeah i really like that no, I really hope they keep that for Generation 8. Because that's, that's what I would a like to huge, see. Huge, 
like I don't think I can go back to playing Pokemon the same way after seeing that and having that luxury. Well, yeah, because like you said, the wild battles can get tedious, and it'd be nice if we had the option to be more um, choosy with our encounters. Yeah. As opposed to, say, you want to catch an Aerodactyl in the rock cave, right? Yeah. So what are you going to do? Are you going to walk around and hopelessly wait for it to show up? Or are you going to actually be able to look for it and seek it out? Mm-hmm. So I know preferably I'm with you on that. However, I do want the old catch mechanic back to the extent where you have to battle the Pokemon. Okay, I know, that's spoiler, fair. Spoiler alert, nothing too crazy, but in Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, Let's Go, Eevee, in the legendary battles, they make you battle them first then you have to catch them. Yeah. I would like to see that implemented with the new catch mechanic. Really? I really like the new catch mechanic because it adds gameplay. Instead Definitely. of just clicking Pokeball and the Pokeball being thrown. But then that's just going to take up so much time. Like, that's going to really be a long battle. Well, I mean, you think so? Yeah, I think it'll be too long. If you have as many random encounters as I you do. I guess maybe you would make catching the Pokemon easier because now part of the difficulty is battling them. Yeah, that's true. Because they can be pretty resistant and let's go Pikachu, let's go Eevee. Yeah. So I feel like if you made them less resistant because you battled them, that could help the case. That's definitely fair. Yeah. If there was an option to do that somehow. So what are your thoughts? I know you must be in love with a feature that lets you dress up the Pokemon, lets you ride on the back of Pokemon, that lets you like play with them, pet them. Be real with me. How much of that in the game is influencing your favorable review? A lot. <laughs> Why? So much. I mean, but come on, you can't argue with me. Riding on the back of a Charizard is fucking cool. No, it's fucking dope. I'm it's with amazing. You. I'm with you. The it's sur- cool. When you ride on the surfboard in that game, I could just go in circles for hours on that thing because it just looks so cool that you're on a surfboard with your adorable little starter Pokemon. Well, I remember you called me actually when they dropped a trailer and they showed the surfing, and you were like, Babe, can I have Let's Go Pikachu? Because it showed Pikachu as a surfboard. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure Eevee will have the surfboard too. And it turned out Eevee did have Yeah, her no, own I'm so surfboard. glad that they both have that stuff because like I remember when I saw Eevee with the balloons in the trailer and I thought that was all I was gonna get and I was like, No, well, no. It's okay, but it would be cuter if it was Pikachu, you know? So Well <laughs> I'll extend this olive branch too. It's pretty dope putting my Pikachu in a top hat. You see? In the formal hat. It's cool. I like the idea of ha- of you being able to favor one Pokemon and keep it out of the ball. Because we all grew up watching, uh, those of us who grew up watching Pokemon or, you know, we all grew up watching Ash have Pikachu out of the Pokeball and that was his homie. Yeah. It's cool to have this feature where you could choose who's your homie. Sometimes you want to ride on the back of a Charizard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you want to ride on the back of a Rapidash. Sometimes you want to fly on a Dragonite. Exactly. You know, it's it's it adds some aesthetic and I wouldn't call it gameplay, but I guess it sort of is because, you know, you move quicker when you're on a Charizard as opposed to when you're on foot. Yeah, and you get to, like, what's really cool is after you beat the Elite Four, a feature that they do, is before you beat the Elite Four, as I'm sure you've seen, on flying-type Pokemon, you can only fly low to the ground. When you beat the Elite Four, you can fly high to the ground, which is really cool. Yeah, you can fly over the towns and you can over the fly whole map, over, right? Yeah, you can fly over the whole map, and, like, you can actually capture, um... What should we call it? Sorry. You, you can capture other Pokemon in the sky. So like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm no, not up to there yet. I didn't know that crazy. either. Yeah, no. How sick is that? That's awesome. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. 
This uh, this game that is my water, Charlotte. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yours is right there. Thanks. But, sorry. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> so I don't mean to put you on the spot. Oh, no. But can you accurately grade it on a scale of 1 to 10? I'll give it a 7 and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. The cuteness got me that extra half. The cuteness. So the dressing them up in like the top. Yeah, no, that definitely got me because I would have liked to see a lot more customization, to be honest. Like in the other regions, when you play, you really get to dress up your character. And I think that's a lot of fun. And I just love going to the boutiques. That's the girl in me. But there's something about that that I really enjoyed and just having the limited customization made it seem like they were, weren't going for it all the way. Here's my next question. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it compared to Sun and Moon? Which game do you prefer playing? Well, honestly, purely because Let's Go is on Switch, I would say I prefer Let's Go. But they each have their pros and cons. Sun and Moon was a little bit tedious because it was so easy. It was so hand-holding. It really was. The game held your hand the whole way through. It was annoying. Yeah, it was. But it was really cool to see all the new Pokemon and be in a new region. Honestly, this was one of the regions where I really liked the new Pokemon. Yeah, no, I and agree. I haven't been able to say that every generation. I agree. Litten. Oh, my God. Litten the, the kitten. Litten the kitten. <laughs> and what he evolves into, it's so cool. I was a Rowlet guy myself. Yo, Ruffled Rowlet, shout out. Well, did you hear Incineroar is a character in Super Smash Brothers? Yeah, I'm so That's pumped about be that. That's so sick. I'm so pumped His about that. His looks cool as hell. Like, I used to play as Charizard, but I think I'm going to have to switch. I mean, you can play as both now. That's you know? true. You That's have, true. I mean, you, you're going to have to play as multiple characters in the new Smash just because there's, what, 70 of them? Yeah, no, Something, there's so and, many. And counting, and counting. What did you think of the uh, Piranha Plant announcement? Oh, wait, that, oh my God, the Pir- PD you Piranha? You haven't seen this? No, I haven't seen you that. You haven't seen this? I haven't seen All right, it. well, I'll, I'll break it to you. It's not PD Piranha. It's just Piranha Plant. Oh my God, so in the pipe? Yeah. Oh, Like sick. the original one from Super Mario Brothers oh back my God, from the fucking really 80s. Oh my God, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, here's, it's funny because it's, don't you feel like they might be trolling all the Waluigi fans? No, I'm so annoyed about Waluigi that they haven't made an announcement for Waluigi. That's why I actually think, and I might get a lot of shit about this for being wrong, but I think he's in this game. I doubt it. Sakurai, he he knows the fan base. You can't tell me he doesn't spend time on the Reddit or somebody he's working with isn't spending time on the Reddit. He knows Waluigi is the most demanding That's true, but then why haven't we gotten an announcement? Because I think he's just fucking with everybody. Yo, but it's so close to launch date. I don't think we're getting Waluigi. But can you imagine how the internet would explode when somebody finishes World of Light, the story mode in Super Smash Brothers, and at the end you unlock Waluigi? Do you understand the internet might explode? Yo, that's true. That's very well, honestly, true. Honestly, if you announced him as DLC, everyone's getting the season pass. That's true. You gotta think about it like that, too. So what are they gonna add in the season pass? That's a good question. I'd have to imagine we're going to get new fighters. Mm-hmm. I'd have to imagine we're going to get new stages and new music. Yeah, really, new fighters. And with new fighters comes new stages. And with new stages comes new music. Okay. So I feel like that's going to take Yeah, it'll the be enough content to DLC. justify. But we don't know who any of those DLC characters are going to be yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the rumors that Banjo-Kazooie's one. Isaac from Golden Sun is another. Um, the rumors go on and on. But... I don't know. It's hard to believe we're nine days away from release. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. I'm pretty hyped. Um, You know, 
the last Super Smash Brothers was my favorite due to the roster alone. Mm-hmm. But this one has what looks to be the best single player mode. I don't know how much of the World of Light trailer you've seen. Well, I haven't seen much of it, actually. You haven't seen much of it? Okay. Nah. All right. So we could save that for another time. <laughs> but uh, was there anything else you wanted to touch on with Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee? No, just I hope Generation 8 is even better, really. Well, what do you think? Uh, what are the rumors you've seen about Generation 8? So Generation 8, actually, there are rumors going around now that it's going to be taking place in Great Britain or a region based off Great Britain. Now, Pokemon has had this pattern the last few years where their games take place in different geographical locations, right? Yeah. Like the last game was in Hawaii. What was it? Black and White was in Paris. No, uh, that was was, uh, X and Y. X and Y was in Paris. Paris. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Black and White actually was uh, America, ironically. Where in America? Huh? Just America in general. Just America in general? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So... What's that looking like? The uh, the UK map is that going to include? Is that going to be just the island of not the island of Britain? Is Britain an island? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Britain's an island. Britain's yeah. an island. The island of Britain. Or is it going to be the whole United Kingdom or just the island of Britain? I think it's going to be the whole United Kingdom, from what Ooh. I saw, because the rumor is that there's in Let's Go, there's a calendar in your starter house, like in the house you start out from, and uh, the top picture on the calendar is a map with the what looks like two islands and people are saying oh my god that could be great britain and c- they say that because game freak historically puts little hints towards the next game in each of their games so what was sun and moon's predecessor um x and y you wouldn't happen to know what the hint towards hawaii was in that game would you there was some kind of tiki charm or something like that oh, okay like i said i've been watching way too much pokemon no, news no, no. <laughs> no you love pokemon i can't help but the it. games the games are fun the art style's dope um it's something we all grew up with when we were kids and i feel like it's important that like you know there are things you leave behind in childhood but there are also things you choose to take with you. Yeah. And for a lot of people, myself included, yourself included, Pokemon's one of those things. No, facts. It's a fun game to play. You know your way around the game. It's not too challenging. I mean, although, you know, there are times where it can be tough. In the older games, yeah. But I really, honestly, I didn't lose one battle in Let's Go. And that was a letdown. Like, I, yeah. come on, make <laughs> me lose one battle. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I haven't lost one yet either, given I'm only up to the seventh badge. Yeah, and I'm not good at, like, turn-based RPGs either. I'm not especially good at them. Like, I shouldn't be. I give yourself a little bit of credit. Come on. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely not bad at them. You know what I would have liked to see? I mean, it'd be hard to configure, but, you know, and we can, we can go further on this topic later, but, you know, you played Persona 5, you introduced me to Persona 5, it turned into one of my favorite games of all time. (laughs) Uh, Credits to your taste. Thank you. Um... Well, my, one of my favorite things about Persona 5 was that when you cut, catch yourself in a turn-based battle, you have the option to press start mm-hmm. and basically just rapidly attack until the I fight's over. I love that. Because sometimes you bump, and as, as is the case in any turn-based RPG, sometimes you bump into a battle that you have them completely outmatched. So instead of sitting there and going turn for turn and figuring it out, you can kind of put the game on autopilot mm-hmm. to fast forward through a battle where it attacks for you. That was really a nice feature to have, especially when you knew you could take care of the enemy. Yeah, I I wish Let's Go or Pokemon in general could incorporate a feature like that. Yeah, or you know, something just to make it more interesting, like give the gym leader battles a little bit more strategy because Game Freak is falling behind in terms of that. With Persona, you felt like the ba- boss battles were a boss battle. Oh, that's the thing. There's no comparison between the gameplay of Persona 5 and Pokemon. Like, to be There's honest, no we comparison. really only love Pokemon 
not only love Pokemon because it's nostalgic, but that's a huge part of it. It's As a standalone a game, it. if it didn't have the branding behind it, it would be. I would probably just rate it a five out of ten instead of a seven point five out of ten. To you be totally think so? Honest. You think so? I, I don't know if I'd be that harsh on it. Well, like a five isn't bad. It's just like okay, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe a five means something different to you than it like does to, to me. me. It's like maybe a six, like average. Like no, I understand what you're saying. Average as opposed to like nostalgia is a big. Re- you're a hundred percent right though. Uh, as hard as that might be to accept for some people, nostalgia is a big reason we buy into that series. Yeah. But you're right, because with uh, JRPGs like per- Persona 5, there's so much more strategy than, oh, let me try and choose the attack the opponent's weak against. Mm-hmm. You have your melee attacks, you have your guns, you have your spells, you have your items, you have to uh, you have to affect the other opponent's stats. I think that, that's somewhere where Pokemon mm-hmm. has fallen behind, whereas in Persona, in order to proceed, you had to weaker your enemy's defenses you had to weaken your and it wasn't that the game told you you had to because that's a big complaint that people had with pokemon let's go that those gym requirements that was a huge uh thing for people yeah 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 that's true because they they wouldn't let you in unless you had some kind of qualifier yeah and uh, honestly towards the end of the game i really didn't even notice those like the last one i really remember was you have to have a pokemon that's at least level 45 like, I just bumped into Fuchsia City where they were like, you have to have caught at least 50 Pokemon to enter this gym. And it's all stuff you've done, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Is like if, you play, if you play the game diligently, all those like uh, qualifications for the gym won't get in your way. Exactly. They're there to help the beginner. Yeah. So honestly, actually, I kind of like the feature so long as it's not an absurd pre-qualification exactly i haven't bumped into one pre-qualification that i found you're not going to that's good (laughs) you're definitely not going to that's good but going back to you know what we were talking about like where in persona 5 where you have to do a bunch of stat effects and stat changes i felt so far and let's go all i gotta do is just keep attacking yeah you know you're not putting you're not gonna you don't need to put your enemy to sleep you know that might be your strategy but really if you just wanted to thunderbolt your way through the game you could yeah you really could even against a rock type i mean honestly well not against a rock type and let's go, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I've enjoyed Let's Go. I, I found it to be a rewarding experience. I'm I haven't gonna finished catch... it yet. Shut up. I haven't <laughs> finished it yet, but I'm enjoying it. And I'm going to finish it. No, I know. It's I'm just been... busting your chops. I know, I know. And you're doing a good job. <laughs> but it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, can't, I can't wait to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I definitely want to catch all 152 Pokemon. It used to be 151 in blue and red, but now they added, what's his name? Meltan. Meltan, yeah. Meltan. I want to catch all 152, just like I did when I was a kid, and max out my Pokédex. It's been a nice trip down memory lane. It's nice to play the game three-dimensionally, where it moves at a, st- a, a quicker pace, yeah. as opposed to like limping my way through Rock Tunnel. Yeah. You know? No, honestly, that was such a relief to just be able to go through they really upgraded the caves like the caves each the actually caves, have yeah. personality no the caves were the... cerulean cave actually looks beautiful yeah yeah no so? it's actually pretty yeah well i also really like speaking of the caves i really like that you fight team rocket yeah no me too that was awesome the that was a game, great the feature. whole game is a trip down memory lane and i feel yeah. like they do a really good job they do they sure do well what was your because i know kanto was my first pokemon game what was your first one it was crystal right yeah crystal hell yeah well what was the first time you played kanto then um shortly after i think i was probably like seven at the time 
Um, I remember I was at the bus stop for camp with my brother and he, as he was getting on the bus, this one girl at the bus stop, she was there like a little bit older than me. She was probably like 10. She was like, yeah, I don't play my video games anymore. Do you want my Pokemon Blue version? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Awesome. So I got free Pokemon Blue. It was passed on to you. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it was cool. It was cool. Hell yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you a little something else about, uh, what you've been doing Sure. Uh, with video games. I know you started streaming. You plan on starting your own channel and stuff. So I wanted to dig into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to give you your due props because you've been quite a tastemaker in this little network of mine. How long ago did you start streaming? Um, Not long ago. Maybe I started over the summer. So July. Oh, no, August. August. Okay, so it's been, what, four or five months? You, yeah, you started streaming right around when Mario Tennis came out, right? Yeah. So I want to give you credit because now I've started streaming. Our friend <laughs> Dougie TTV has started streaming. Joe Asks Questions, otherwise known as Mr. Phenomenal to many people, is planning on streaming Civilization. Oh, really? When he gets his Switch. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you really started a trend and you were the free, you know, we'd all talk, a lot of us had talked about streaming and the possibility of it and wanting to do it, but you were actually the one who went out, did it, got the capture card and everything. And now here we all are, but it all started with you. Thanks. What made you want to stream so badly? And was there a particular streamer who inspired you? To be honest, I really didn't have a streamer that inspired me. I'm only just starting to really watch people's live streams. Um, like, I really just, honestly, I started streaming because I just thought it would be really cool to possibly one day, like, make money off of video games. And I, like, just playing video games, I figured, why not just try it? Just sit in front of the TV and film myself. Like, why not? You know, worst that happens, nobody watches me. Okay. How's that any different from what you normally play? Exactly. Yeah, so, I kind of had the same rationale. I was like, well, this really couldn't hurt. Yeah, and, you know, if it does work out and, you know, I really enjoy it and I get a following, that would be, if I even if I don't get a following, I'm enjoying it. I have fun. It gives me something to do. It makes me, it forces me to sit down because, you know, like I'm just completely, I can't sit at a task for more than like 15 minutes before I get bored. It forces me to sit down for one or two hours and, you know, really dedicate my time to something. So it's almost like a mindfulness exercise, like an attention exercise for me in a way. That's actually pretty wild. You're, you're, you're making a case that video games are good for your, I don't want to say are good are good for your diligence i know it makes me sound crazy but <laughs> for me it works probably not for anyone else but for me i know it works no i'm sure there are plenty of people who it works for i mean i feel always felt like video games have caught a bad rap because you know i know when i was growing up uh you know my parents encouraged video games you know they bought me and my brothers an n64 for christmas but they would hate when we played video games during the day they wanted us to go outside and i can understand that i 100 percent understand that i'm glad they did that but video games have plenty of utility. Um, Especially now. Because, like, I could almost understand their point when, you know, it's like the 1970s, 1980s, and you're playing Pong for hours. Like, if that was a thing, or even Space Invaders or Pac-Man, where, like, okay, there's an objective, but you're just, you're just controlling stuff. Like, games today just go so much deeper at least in my opinion. They just seem to really go deeper. There's a story there. 
I mean, the gameplay is more intricate. There's strategy involved in, like, turn-based... Like, Persona, the amount of strategy in that turn-based RPG, you really got to be on your toes sometimes. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to what we were saying before. You can't thunderbolt your way through a game like Persona 5. Yeah, it's problem-solving. It's problem-solving. You actually have to think your way through it. Well, one example that I use all the time, because I actually think it's been... It's uh, had a profound effect on the way my mind is shaped is The Legend of Zelda series. Exactly, yeah. that game throws you into puzzles. It throws you into labyrinths, and you have to figure your way out of them. You know, you have to use your brain. You have to solve puzzles. You have to look for things that might trick your eye. Um, and you have to go through battles, too, which exactly. with the Z-targeting is... Act, I mean, for me, I felt like it helped me uh, develop motor skills, which I think they have shown playing video games yeah. can help you develop motor skills. But going back to The Legend of Zelda... Um, you know, for a living now, I, I do a lot of, you know, I, I write, I write code. I do a lot of visual design, but I want to get onto the, the writing code and the programming thing. Um, that problem solving skill, I think came from Legend of Zelda because there would be times where, you know, anybody who's been young and in the water temple in Ocarina of Time knows what I'm (laughs) talking about. There are times where you're sitting there and you don't know what the fuck to do. Mm -hmm. You're lost. There's nothing. There's barely any hints I to actually help you. never finished Ocarina of Time Ocarina of Time ain't easy um, but uh, you know programming's not much different yeah you know in, in the programming world you know you you have your weapons you have your tools you know you know you know how to navigate your way through whatever world you're living in be it HTML CSS JavaScript Python Java Ruby on Rails doesn't matter um, but there are times where you want to rip your hair out because you swear you've done everything right you swear you figured everything out, but there's one missing piece that you just for some reason can't see. Right. And I think one thing Legend of Zelda did for me was it helped sharpen that axe of just not giving up because you know there's a solution to the problem. You know the game designers designed this problem to have a solution. Therefore, it's there. You just have to keep digging. Yeah. And that sort of attitude has actually just... I've been able to apply that everywhere. You know, Maybe it didn't start with playing games like Legend of Zelda, but playing games like The Legend of Zelda definitely promoted that line of thought right i don't know if you could think of any other games off the top of your head that are, you know hmm. are kind of similar in that way but i know for me that's the profound effect it i had just for me. thought of one what was it uh i can't remember it hey that's fair enough <laughs> but uh so shows you know. how much video games have done for my memory <laughs> <laughs> well maybe you're nervous because you're on the spot and you're on camera and there's microphones oh my everywhere. god stop don't freak out <laughs> But anyway, I want to I want to get back to you. And you started this Twitch channel, which is Char underscore Latte 96. Yes. So why the latte? I like lattes. You like lattes? Yes. Don't make fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite kind of latte? Well, it's not. Here's the thing. I like caramel lattes. I'm probably going to be drinking cappuccinos during my stream. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to drink lattes during my stream or just regular coffee because lattes, you know, expensive hard to make but my favorite just latte with one pump of caramel one pump of caramel one pump of caramel what about pumpkin caramel in the fall oh gross you're not one of the you don't love you don't go no i'm not i'm not a pumpkin spice latte girl i'm not a pumpkin girl (laughs) are you a pumpkin anything not really i like pumpkin pie but like if you give me the choice between a chocolate fudge cake and a pumpkin pie oh there's no contest yeah like fuck off pumpkin pie exactly even a carrot cake and a pumpkin pie i'm choosing carrot cake carrot cake is amazing i take the carrot cake over the chocolate cake really call me crazy 
Well, the icing is always damn, delicious. I've had some damn good carrot cakes. Oh my god! When we went out to dinner with your parents, that carrot cake at dessert. Oh, oh my god! In your mouth. Delicious. Amazing. Amazing. That carrot cake was amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But uh, I know another game that we've been playing, and I streamed it last night, is Soul Calibur Six. Yes. And I know this is your first Soul Calibur title. It is. Uh, what are your first impressions on the series now that you know, you've know you purchased the title? I know you've played through a lot of the story mode. Mm-hmm. You've uh, been cracking at Libra Soul. What is your impression of the series? It's a good series. Um, I'm definitely enjoying it. I know a lot more about the characters. I think it's really cool how they have the timeline feature. I don't know if they've had that in all of the games, but they really make a point for their characters to interact with one another even in their individual storylines. And I give them a lot of credit there. I really like how they do that. So what's your favorite game mode in the game? So I was really enjoying the Libra of Souls, which was the um, story. It's like the main story mode. Yeah. For those of you who don't know where you create your custom character and everything. And I was really looking forward to playing that. And I still am to some extent, but I didn't grind enough in the beginning because I read somewhere, oh, you don't have to grind. You got to grind. You got to grind. And I'm I'm four hours into the story and I might have to start over. Uh, Would you have to start over, but you can't go back? You can't go back because in order to go back, you have to, it costs money to go back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. For your travel. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so I'm. Oh, man. Uh, I haven't hit I'm that screwed. roadblock yet. I've run into a couple tough battles, but I haven't had to go back and grind yet. But I'm gonna heed your warning. Yeah, grind. I'm gonna make grind. sure to grind, because you know it's a great story. It's a great game mode. And for those of you who who don't know, just to paint a picture, um, Soul Calibur takes place in the 16th century, late 16th century, and the game mode Libra of Souls actually allows you to customize your own character, and then you take this character through a story mode, um, which I found. It's one of their most unique single player, one of the most unique single player modes I've seen in a fighting game. Oh, yet, agreed, agreed for sure. Um, but I th- actually think I prefer Soul Chronicle. Really, to Libra of Souls. I mean, I've been playing the series since Soul Calibur two, right? And I've fallen in love with so many of these characters, and just to play through all their stories and, like you said, see where they interact on the timeline, yeah, has just been like next level. Like it's such fan service to all of us nerds who fucking love this game or love this series. <laughs> Um, now I have a question for you. Go for it. Was it like that in all of the previous Soul Calibur games where no. they had the timeline? Well, no. I'll ta- I'll take you one for one. Uh, when I started with Soul Calibur two, there was no sort of story mode like that. The arcade mode was the story mode. Oh. So basically, okay. you played through the arcade mode, and they had these destined battles. Like Ivy Valentine would bump into Cervantes. Gotcha. And at the end, if you completed the arcade, you kind of got like three illustrations that gave you an epilogue of what happened to the character after their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, in Soul Calibur three, you had something similar to what we have now. It's called Tales of Souls. Mm-hmm. It's every character has their own story, and you're interacting and you're moving around. Um, but there was no timeline. So Calibur 4 was even, you know, this is about when the series started to fall off with single player modes. Uh, they were really focused on being an eSport. But in Soul Calibur 4, it was kind of like Soul Calibur 2, where it's like they really only had their arcade mode. And then you get a little story cut scene after. Gotcha. Soul Calibur 5, there was almost none of that. Okay. Yeah, I heard Soul Calibur 5 wasn't the, the best. Single, the single player modes were just so lacking, mm-hmm. which is something that has always made the series strong. Um, 
And now here in Soul Calibur Six, they've gone full-fledged. We're going to give you these character stories. We're going to give you dialogue. We're going to tell you where on the timeline it lands. I'm glad they didn't just stick to online because that's something that I was really disappointed with in Mario Tennis Aces. They really, they took away any kind of story mode. Well, there is a story mode, isn't there? Well, there, I mean, there is, but... Yeah, you're right. They didn't take away any kind of story mode, but they took away the traditional RPG, the RPG Tennis Academy story that I loved so much as a so kid. So unwrap that a little bit, the RPG Tennis Academy. What Mario Tennis title did that appear on? That was the Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color and then again for the Game Boy Advance version. And what was the single player mode like that was so different? from the single player mode at Mario Tennis Aces on the Switch. So you started out as this kid who came to the who comes to the Tennis Academy and basically you get the tour, you meet the coaches and everything and it takes you through a journey and you have to rise through the ranks to get to the main tournament which is called the Island Open and you basically just have to rise the ranks and eventually you get to beat Mario. And I think I just really miss that original character aspect. Like, they created the original characters to be incorporated, like, and the Mario universe in was kind of incorporated with the real universe. Whereas, you know, it only focuses on the Mario universe and Mario Tennis. And I miss that they took that risk with the other one. I really like that mode. So with that single-player mode aside, while we're on it, how would you rate your experience with Mario Tennis Aces being somebody who, you know, you've actually played tennis growing up yeah. and you love the Mario Tennis series? So how, where do you think it ranks among the series? Among the series as a whole, honestly, I'm totally biased towards the story mo mode I just talked about because I grew up with it. But, you know, I'm it's part of my thing. Uh, <laughs> um, I would definitely rate it, I think, with those my three my other those two games that I just mentioned I would rate it just as good as those the mechanics are fantastic so top three in the series yeah definitely I would for my personal I would mark it as number three or maybe number two yeah number two I would mark it as number two which one would you mark as number one probably the Game Boy Color version just it was it was my favorite game as a kid growing up. I have to. That's fair enough. Like, I liked it even more than Pokemon at points. Like, the two alternated between my favorites. So what came first? You playing tennis or Mario Tennis? Oh, Mario Tennis. Mario that was the whole reason I asked my mom for tennis lessons. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, no, I just remember playing it, and I was like, Mom, I want to play tennis, too. And she was like, okay, and then four years later, I played tennis. There you go. <laughs> well, what, why did it take four years? Because I didn't ask enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just had a really hound on them year after year. Was Pretty it a Christmas much. gift or a birthday gift? Or was it just kind of a, okay, we're going to do a tennis thing? Yeah, okay, we're going to do a tennis thing. Because at that point, I had quit all the other sports. So, okay. yeah, I discovered I wasn't a team sport girl. Wasn't a team sport girl. Had to play on your own. Yeah. Fly solo. Lone wolf. Lone wolf. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So, you are about, what is it, November? Mm-hmm. You are about... Six, seven months away from completing your degree. Yes, finally. And what are you getting your degree in? I am getting a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. Where, you, where, do you, uh, where are you getting that degree? Adelphi University. Great school, by the way. Thumbs up for Adelphi. Uh, what really led you to going to art school? Because uh, I remember you've told me that after you graduated high school, you actually took a semester off. 
I did. Did you? What happened in that semester that made you go? You know what? It's going to be art school. Well, tell, walk me through that thought process. So I actually didn't decide on art school at first. Um, I don't know if I told you I was exercise science at first. Well, that was your plan in Vermont, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. was my plan originally when I went to University of Vermont for two weeks. I promptly dropped out and took that what was supposed to be my fall semester off. Um, I worked three part-time jobs. It took me two months to get all three of them in place. Um, At first, I was working one job that was giving me barely any hours, but I stuck it out because a friend had gotten me the job, and I didn't want to just up and quit, but I was working everything around this other job, and it was really hard just being employed for such little money. Like, I was working so hard. Like, I was a sales rep at And you were 18, too. Yeah. It made me kind of realize, like, I need to do something just anything or else you're just going to be stuck in this non-skilled labor yeah you know? and yeah. i might still be stuck in that non-skilled labor absolutely but at least i have not. more absolutely i have more not. of a chance now i have so much more of a chance well thank you you're insane <laughs> i'm nervous you are in- i know i know it's, <laughs> it's it's natural i was the same way when i was coming to graduation but you are insanely competent you excel at everything you've put you've you've excelled at everything you've put your mind to honey you're and, the you've best. Made a, and you've made a four-year commitment you're seeing it through don't worry. The jobs you qualified for at 18, you'll qualify for better jobs when you're 23. Thank no, but you. you'll be 22 when you graduate, but you'll be 23 when around when you hit the job market. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I've seen it, at least in the time I've been with you, I've seen it as a very rewarding experience. You've made such great friends. I have. Char- if any of Charlotte friends. Shout out to all this, my homies. You guys are awesome. Absolutely love you. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's got to feel surreal. It does. You know, like... I was in a really dark place, honestly, before I was an art major. And, like, I've had my struggles still, but I was really in a dark place. Like, I didn't have any friends when I decided I didn't want to be exercise science. Because my first semester at Adelphi, I went into exercise science. And I realized it wasn't what I wanted to do. And then the following semester, I took an art class and my professor was amazing and was like, hey, you should be an art major. Which professor was this? Jen Maloney. Shout out. Of course it was Jen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but keep going. Keep going. Yeah, no. And um, it, like, I just kind of realized, like, this is what I really like doing. And I have s- at least some kind of and talent. you're good for at it. Oh, You're well, good at it. Thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate that. And... You know, it was just like... Which, anybody yeah. who's listening, if you actually go to her Instagram page, what's the one you post all your art on? Is uh, it Char, Char under- underscore Latte 96. If you go there, you've got to see the two of the last things she just posted. She posted a phone case, which has... who who What artist was that Japanese art inspired by? Any particular one? Or is it kind of like Japanese fusion? Uh, Japanese fusion. A few huge names I really follow are Kiichi Tanami and Takeshi Murakami. Yep. So basically, these phone cases that have just these Japanese fusion art styles on them, which is amazing. And then there's these like psychedelic looking corgi pillows. <laughs> so if you want to see what any of those look like, go to Char underscore Latte 96. I appreciate the promotion. Was that Thank a good you. enough plug? That was that was great. I think I'm pretty good at plugging. You're shit. You're great at plugging shit. That's it. I'm quitting my job. I'm going to be the plug, <laughs> plugging shit guy. That's going to be my life. <laughs> Anybody need a product plugged? Come to me. I'm your guy. <laughs> but yeah, 
I'm sure you're both excited and anxious about graduation. Very much so anxious, but I'm excited to really just get out into the real world. It's and time. Yeah, it's time. Like, I've, I'm have i a super senior. I've been in college because, you know, credit transfers and switching majors. I've been in college more than just four years. So it's really, it's time for me to go. And I'm excited for you. Well, thanks. I'm excited too and very anxious. Yeah, as you should be. And I lose sleep over it, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe you're just drinking too many lattes. True, true. How many lattes a day do you drink on average? Um, Actually, I haven't been drinking many lattes lately, but on average... So how about I have coffee? Coffee, about two to three cups a day. Two to three cups a day. It's not terrible. Yeah, it's the, Amer- it's the American way. Yeah, just a little milk, no sugar. No sugar. Just calcium. <laughs> Is that what you call milk, calcium? Yeah, I mean, well, it has calcium yeah. in it. Well, yeah, I know. It's my source. I know, I know. I'm just clouding. <laughs> I'm just clouding. But... Given all the artwork that you've been doing and given all the Twitch streaming you've been doing and given all the... And when I say art stuff, I'm including your ceramics too. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, because <laughs> that belongs yeah, my in cera- that. Yeah, my ceramics definitely belongs That belongs there. in that conversation. Do you see yourself expanding any further? Could you see yourself expanding with some graphic design skills or video editing skills or web development skills? Well, it's funny you mention that because that's actually what my senior thesis project is kind of evolving into. Like, I'm what I'm ending up doing is I'm building a brand. I'm making merchandise. Like, I just made a pillow. I just made a phone case. I have prints available for sale. Um, You know, I'm trying to do... Like, I need to make myself a logo. I need to make myself a website, business cards. So I'm kind of just promoting myself, honestly, in my art as a brand, I've noticed. Well, I would definitely say things like uh, video editing are going to be yeah, really video important. Game, yeah, video editing is really important. Very important. Not video uh, games. Knowing your way around Adobe, like Adobe Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator in design will be huge. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, if you ever need help with web development, you know, I'm your guy. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I can always help you with that. But that's pretty cool. That's going to help you a lot. Learning how to market and promote yourself. Mm-hmm. That Because honestly, it's like we all we all need help out here. Like no matter what you're doing, if you're trying to make it, you're trying to live a dream, you need help from somebody. Exactly. Nobody does it alone. Exactly. But the more things you can do for yourself, the better. Right. You know, because it, it keeps it, it keeps you in control of your own destiny. It's like, you know, it's like had I stopped at just learning how to computer program, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. And I just stopped there and said, nah, I don't need to learn Photoshop. Nah, I don't need to learn Illustrator. I don't need to learn Premiere. I don't need to learn how to audio edit. Had I just stopped at being a web developer, I wouldn't be anywhere near where exactly. I am today. I wouldn't be making nearly as much money. I wouldn't be nearly as comfortable or secure. So, you know, it's all uh, everybody, myself included, yourself, no matter how much you know, no matter how many skills you know, you should always be striving to pick up more. Exactly. Because the game is always evolving and the market's going to demand different things from you at different times. And it sets you apart too. Like, oh, like to an employer, I should imagine that it sets you apart. Like, oh, wow, this person is willing to learn all of these skills. And when you tell them you taught yourself, that just shows you're ambitious. I mean, that's really something. Well, yeah. In my experience, I've found that um, telling people that I learned things on my own because I was self-taught computer programming like you just said, they oftentimes are very impressed by that. Yeah. But for every three or four people who are impressed by it, there's one person who's turned off by it. That's true. Because they don't, they don't trust like, That's an individual's true. Yeah. ability to teach themselves. That's fair. That's fair. But honestly, if I'm speaking candidly, um, 
the people who don't trust an individual's ability to teach themselves a skill, like the people who are turned off uh, by the fact I, I'm a self-taught computer programmer, they either lack confidence in themselves to learn something new or they don't understand all the incredible resources there are out there yeah. willing to help you. I think it's the latter, honestly, because I mean, like, I really wouldn't have known about a lot of this stuff if it wasn't for you. Like, I've heard of Code Academy. I've heard of, you know, all of this stuff. But I don't have the confidence to teach myself. I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the confidence to teach myself unless I saw someone do it themselves and seeing you do it and seeing how far you've come has been honestly an inspiration to me like just in the two and a half years we've been dating when I saw you just teaching yourself to where you are now it's amazing to see so it's it proves it's possible well thank you I appreciate that it's true but here's the thing if it wasn't me that showed you it was possible there was someone else who was going to show you it was possible because I, I am suppose. not. I am not the only one out here doing this. I That's am not true. the only one out here who's self-taught. You know, there are plenty of people out there just like me. But with that said, like you were saying before, there are resources like Code Academy. And for those who don't know, if there's anybody listening who would have any interest in learning a coding language, be it HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Python, um, if you have any interest, go to www.codeacademy.com. Literally, they will give you beginner's courses on them for free. So if you have any interest in that, I would definitely check out Code Academy or Team Treehouse, which... Did you ever get set up on Team Treehouse? No. Team Treehouse is similar, except it's not free. Mm-hmm. It's about $30 a you month. You were telling me about that. I remember. Yeah, it's like $30 a month, but they've got so many resources for so many different skills. Like you can learn Photoshop on there. Really? You can learn game development on there. You huh. can learn AI development on there. I'm pretty sure they have like, I wouldn't be surprised if they had like augmented reality or virtual reality stuff too. App wow. development is on there. Like Team Treehouse is another one. I didn't um, know they had AI development on that. That's a little scary. Yeah, some stuff like that. Oh, why? What, what's, what scares you about AI, Charlotte? Huh, nothing, nothing. I'm sure all the AI people are going to be lovely. I'm sure they're going to be friendly. Please be friendly. Um, I just get Sounds scared. Sounds like you're a little spooked. A little bit. I've seen the movies. What movies? N- none of, no movies. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, so now I have to ask you, because I, I made the mistake with uh, the first like six episodes of my podcast after Joe, but <laughs> I was able to ask Petra this and I'll ask you too. Charlotte Astry, are you chip gang? You know, I've been thinking about this ever since you asked me to do the podcast and I haven't been able to decide. Well, let's go. Let's try it. Let's uh, let's think out loud a little bit. Where Where's your head at? Okay. Uh, hold on one second. Again, for those who may not know or may be listening for the first time, when I ask, are you chip gang? What I'm asking is, will Charlotte put a chip in her body that will give her AI capabilities and hook her up to the internet? And if you think that's wacko talk, just look up Neuralink. Elon Musk and plenty of the Silicon Valley Titans are working on this very thing right now. But please proceed, the lovely Charlotte Astry. Please tell us why you're caught between. So, honestly, I'm the kind of person that really enjoys taking a break from their phone. I really prefer, like, I really enjoy just having that break, having that space. And um, the thought of not having that space and that time away from my phone, away from the internet, that's kind of scary because sometimes that stuff makes me miserable. No, I mean, they've, they've shown studies that um, 
people who like suffer from things like depression that if they can decrease the amount of time they're staring at their phone, it actually is beneficial to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but what if I told you that when you are an AI, you know how to not be miserable and be hooked up to the internet? You're smart enough to figure that out. At first glance or... Upon first hearing that, I'm inclined to go chip gang, but I feel like there's a catch. I feel like there's inevitably going to be some kind of catch that we don't realize. Well, I'll tell you what I'm scared of. Mm -hmm. Putting any kind of like chip in my body that makes me more computer. I mean, computers can be hacked. Yeah, that's true. And not only can computers be hacked, but like children can hack computers. Yeah. No, you're you know 100% right. Look, take it from me. Anyone who knows their way around a computer, it is not the most difficult thing in the world to hack. No. You know, that's where I get scared. It's like, if I do that, am I giving, you know, people a back door into my brain? That's a good point. That's what scares me. Cause here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's be real for a second. The, the possibilities are endless with AI. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea that any of us can actually harness that kind of intelligence is staggering. Mm hmm. But, like you said, it's almost like it's a too-good-to-be-true thing that every wish comes with a price. And I'm afraid that the price is either our individuality or the ability to protect our individuality. No, exactly. And like you said, anything can be hacked, and I think that's a major cause for concern. Speaking of things getting hacked, I'm a somber main, and I'm <laughs> moving us over to Overwatch. Uh, what do you think of the new hero they announced, Ash? Wait, what? They announced a new hero? But you saw Ash. It's the uh, no, the, I haven't. The 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 animated short with McCree. You I haven't, haven't seen, seen this? this. You haven't seen this? No. You ha you have not seen the new uh, announced no. Overwatch character. I've been too busy with school. Fuck school. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Catching up to do. I have this lots podcast. of catching up to do. Oh my god. Podcast. I'm genuinely upset that I don't know about this. So you don't know about Ash and Bob? No. Oh man. This is cool. bad. No, this is great. We have something to do when this podcast's over. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we we don't have we don't have to talk about that. We, don't, we unless you want to talk about Overwatch. Huh? I'm down to talk about Overwatch. Well, let's talk about Blizzard. Let's start. Let's start with Blizzard and let's work our way down. Did you happen yeah. to see what happened at BlizzCon with Diablo? I did not. So you didn't catch this. So what happened was, so you know the you know the game series Diablo, right? Yeah. Now it came to Switch. Um, They've been teasing, Blizzard's been teasing that they were going to make a major Diablo announcement. Really? And everyone was like, oh my god, it's Diablo 4. It turned out to be that they just ported Diablo 3 to mobile. And they got booed at their <laughs> own show. Blizzard god got booed damn, at BlizzCon. Really? Yeah, because... You I don't blame them. I would be so angry. I mean, you got people buying plane tickets because you're teasing this huge announcement. They think you're going to announce Diablo 4. They get there and you're telling them that it's going to be a mobile game. Yeah, no, I would be so like, angry. If, if I bought a ticket and flew from across the country, I'd be so livid. Yeah, no, I would be mad. I mean, I'm I'm mad for these people just hearing about that. Just think about it. Wouldn't you want to be at E3 when they announced Persona 6? Oh, my God. Like, like what if Atlas was teasing that they were going to announce Persona and 6? And then they announced Persona Q3. Yeah, on your phone. On the DS, but still. But no, no, that's what I'm saying. It's worse than yeah, Q3 no, on, on the, the DS. Phone. It's, oh, hey, we ported, so Perso hey exactly. we ported Persona 3 to your phone. Are you happy? 
And it's just like, no. No. No, Absolutely not. <laughs> I bought a, it's like, I, I feel for these Diablo gamers because they, they buy $2,000 gaming PCs. Yeah. And you're telling them, fuck your PCs. We got phones. Yo, but I also feel bad for the announcers because being booed on stage at your own announcement, that's got to be the worst feeling in the well, world for whoever's idea you. that was. Fuck you. I would never sign on to the project of Diablo 3 on mobile. Never mind. I would. <laughs> so, sounds like it pays well. <laughs> but uh, are you excited to see where esports is going? Absolutely. Speaking of, speaking of Overwatch and Blizzard, that's kind of why I wanted to touch on that with how big League of Legends has gotten, how huge Overwatch has gotten. Mm-hmm. The New York Mets have purchased an Overwatch team. Shit, yeah, really? Like, yeah, no, people are starting to dip their toes into this. Oh, it's wow. pretty. Everyone seems pretty confident it's going to get huge. Yeah, no, I think so too. I mean, people are there are already events where people take it so seriously. I mean, the Overwatch like Overwatch has a league. Like yeah, an, an entire, entire league. sports league. Yeah, with teams from cities and everything. Yeah. Um like I think colleges have esports teams too, like a couple of now them. Now I know you don't watch a lot of sports. I know you watch you know your tennis, you watch a lot of tennis, you know, you'll watch football with us on Sundays, yeah. you'll watch baseball with me when I'm crying about the Mets. <laughs> um but can you see yourself getting really into being an esports spectator? Absolutely. I could definitely it depends on the game, absolute for sure. Well, what are some of the games you could see yourself really watching? I could see myself watching Mario Tennis Aces for days because I have done that. Like when I had a job over the summer shredding paper for my parents, that's what I would do. It's I shredded their papers, I would just watch Mario Tennis Aces and it made it so enjoyable. It was like watching real tennis only on steroids. That's hilarious. Yeah. And with all the characters that you know and love. Exactly. And it was like, oh, you know that this character is good against this character. Or like, oh, there's Boo's Spin again. Like, stuff like that. Okay. Any other games you could see yourself watching? Like, can you see yourself watching Overwatch? I could see myself watching Overwatch, definitely. It's harder with first persons, though, for me. But I think, I don't know, I, when they sh- showcase Overwatch, it's not a lot of... It's a mixed, like, first person view... And like an overhead view. That's very true. They have like free cam mods so that's they can get true. you like different views. It's a hard game to keep track of. That's my only thing with Overwatch. As much as I love to watch it and it really is interesting to watch and fun, it is hard to follow because there's just there's so, so much, much going, going on. on. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. Um, can you see? I see myself watching a lot of fighting games. Yeah, I, I can see like myself could, watching Soul Calibur. Yeah, oh my easily. god! I mean, we already do watch Soul yeah. Calibur. We were watching Dougie T TV stream. Shout out to Dougie T. Follow him on Twitch. Follow him on YouTube. But yeah, we were watching um, you know Soul Calibur live. And fighting games are fun because it's like I forgot where I heard this before, but it's like you know if someone's never watched baseball before, mm-hmm. or they've never watched hockey before, or you know football, and you put them in front of the TV screen. They have no idea what the fuck's going on. Exactly. And it disenfranchises them. But if you put them in front of the UFC, mm-hmm. it's very obvious what's going on. Yeah. I feel the same way about fighting games. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you just said with Overwatch, there's so much going on. It's overwhelming. That, like, that if our parents watched the Overwatch League, they'd have no idea what the fuck was happening. Right. But if they watched Soul Calibur or they watched Tekken or they watched Injustice, yeah. they could pick it up like that. Or even Mario Tennis. Like, even Mario Tennis. Yeah. It's, it's a simu- It's, you know, it's Any based of on something... But you but see, the that's fighting tennis. games, especially. But you see, that's Mario Tennis. Yeah. And if you don't know the rules to tennis, you don't that's know what true. the fuck's going on. But you're, you're able to track the ball and where it's going and everything. Well, you could say the same thing about baseball. Yeah, that's true. Just because that's you could track the ball doesn't mean you can you know completely follow. That's true. 
No, definitely fighting games, I think, lends itself well, to yeah, cause think, esports. Yeah, because think about it. Like when you in, in tennis, you count by 15, right? Yeah. Well, not, you don't even count by 15. You go 15, 30, you know. 40 game. 40 game. Um, if someone's watching for the first time, they're not going to understand what the fuck the score means. That's very true. Wait, no, you got get, a good point. Why'd they get 15 that time and why'd they get 10 that time? But like with fighting, it's just so cut and dry. Yeah. It's like we know what's happening. Yeah. It's pretty obvious to pick up on what they're doing. No, that's so true. But yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about Nintendo announcing that there won't be a Skyward Sword HD remake despite the rumors? So I'm pretty upset about that because I really would have loved to play Skyward Sword. I really would have liked to do that. But I'm just going to have to watch it on YouTube because I don't own a Wii U. But oh, it's on the Wii, actually. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I don't own a Wii either, so. There you go. Yeah, but, you know. I think it's horseshit. I, I agree. I think they're lying. I think they're lying. Oh, I don't think they're lying. I think they're lying. Yeah. No, start, think about it. Okay, Ocarina of Time, HD, 3DS. Majora's Mask, HD, 3DS. Wind Waker, HD, Wii U. True. Twilight Princess, HD, Wii U. Skyward Sword HD is coming to the Switch. It may not be coming soon, but in the next like two years, two or three years. That's true. They said they had it. no plans for it now. Exactly. It's so, coming. It's planned. I hope so. It's planned. That'd be awesome. It's happening. That would be so great. Me too. No, I, I, from someone who plays Skyward Sword, I know uh, I'm going to have J-Rob on soon. I'm sure he'll love to talk about this, but the story in the game is great. Mm-hmm. The, the gameplay got a little frustrating because, you know, fucking Wiimotes. Yeah. But the gameplay got a little frustrating, which is why I'm excited to play it on the Switch. Yeah. Because, like, oh, my God, I could play this with a good controller. But given the frustrating controls, it kept true to the series, and the story was great, and it actually, it's the origin story of a character I'm not going to spoil. Because I know you haven't played it yet, but Ooh. it's the origin story of a character I'm not going to spoil. Ooh, okay. So, given that... We are, I want to bring it back to Super Smash. Sure. Before we get going here, because we are running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, who are the three characters you could see yourself playing as the most in Smash? And what character are you looking forward to trying for the first time? So I'm definitely looking forward to trying out Incineroar. No doubt about that. Three characters. What was the question again? <laughs> the three characters you could see yourself playing the most. So probably Charizard for sure, Pikachu, and Kirby, because they're <laughs> all so cute. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. So Charlotte Asterix, the Twitch streamer, the artist, not an aspiring artist, Homegirl is an artist. Thank it, you. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Well, thank you. It was an honor to be on here. I would love to have you on again in the future. I'd love to be on again in the future. I look forward to keeping up with your streams, keeping up with your art, keeping up with your face. Tell the little people a little bit about you and what you have going on in the future. Give them your tags and we'll sign off. So in the future, I currently am going to be in school. I don't quite know what to do after that, but hopefully I'll figure it out. Uh, You can find me at char underscore latte 96 on Instagram and Twitch. And if you search Charlotte, C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E, Astri, A-S-T-R-E, all one word, in Redbubble, you can find some of my designs and buy them on t-shirts. Not hats, unfortunately, but you could even buy a clock, you could buy pillows, phone cases, stickers, whatever you want. So. And now here's my last question about that. 
how much longer before we have the Charlotte Astry website where your portfolio is online and we can buy prints from you? Well, you can buy prints from me right now, actually. Just DM me again uh, on my Instagram or email me. Um, that's also on my Instagram. And but I know you've had plans to launch a website. I have. Can you give us a tentative time when that'll be available? Within the next three to six months. Within the next three to six months. Well, Charlotte... It was awesome having you on once again. Again, everybody, it's Char underscore Latte 96 on Instagram. Char underscore Latte 96 on Twitch. And you can find her on Redbubble, Charlotte Astry. One word. Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.